The crowd is mad. Just who does Jesus think he is? God or something? The crowd grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. We know who Jesus is, they think. His parents live nearby. We know Joseph, his father. This is how we open the second section of the Eucharistic discourse in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, today beginning in verse 41. Then the crowd turns to what Jesus said just a little earlier in the passage, the portion that we covered last week, Jesus announcing that he is the bread of heaven. Notice that the crowd is keyed in on two specific details. We know his father, Joseph, and how dare he say that he is the bread of heaven. By connecting Jesus to Joseph, the crowd is tying Jesus to the purely mortal, physical that they understand. Jesus is Joseph's son. We know Joseph. He is a carpenter, nice guy, but nothing special. How is Jesus then making these outrageous claims? What outrageous claims? That he came down from heaven, that he is the very bread of heaven. The second, for the people, is impossible because of the first. We know Jesus is nothing special because we know Joseph, his father. We even know his mother. They are all just a regular family. There is no way Jesus is something special. You cannot be the bread of heaven when you were born in a stable. You see, the crowd is a lot like we are. Whenever there is an amazing claim of any sort, there is, rightfully, skepticism. When a stranger tells us how he or she is, we can believe that person or we can choose not to believe that person. And that will depend, our believing or disbelieving, on a lot of things. Is the person claiming some kind of amazing past or a regular past? In the veteran world, we see a lot of what is called stolen valor. That is claiming to have various accomplishments and medals that were never awarded. If you meet a stranger and he or she claims to have been in the army, but no extra special flourishes to the story, it's reasonable to believe the story is true, especially here in San Antonio where we have so many veterans as part of the community. If a person claims, however, to have received the Medal of Honor, to have been a Green Beret, a Navy SEAL, or some other amazing things, then some warning bells should be going off. There's extremely few people who earn the Medal of Honor, and the number of service members who successfully complete the training and become their branch of service's most elite is under 1% of how many serve, and it's only about 1% of the total U.S. population that serves in the military. That gives you a one-tenth of 1% of the total population that can claim to be an Army Green Beret, an Air Force, Air Force Special Forces, Marine Force Recon, MARSOC, or Navy SEAL. The bottom line is that anybody making such claims needs to be able to provide some evidence because the odds are extremely low that they can be telling the truth. And if we meet somebody that we do not know, excuse me, if we meet somebody that we do know, and we know their family, and we know where they live, and the person makes an incredibly outrageous claim, then we basically know that it cannot be true. And that is where the crowd is for our passage today. 
They're grumbling. This is Jesus. We know Jesus. We know his father. He's not a gift from heaven. Jesus replies. The first thing he does is address the issue of them thinking that they know his father because they know Joseph. Jesus says, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. Basically, do not grumble. You simply cannot understand until God the Father, the one who sent me, draws you to me, and then you will understand. You are stuck and you cannot see past Joseph, my father, here as being my father, and see that my true father is the father in heaven. And then Jesus addresses the next complaint. Remember from last week, and if you don't remember, I invite you to go online and listen to that sermon again, that the people were hung up on the wordplay. The people believed that the bread of heaven being that which came down from heaven, but Jesus explained that they misunderstood the meaning and that what is really being said is the bread of heaven is he who comes down from heaven. The people had their eyes only on the physical bread. In response, Jesus instead tried to get them to focus on the heavenly bread, to focus on him, on he who comes down from heaven. From that first explanation of meaning that we discussed last week, Jesus builds in our passage this week. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now I need to make a small pause to our discussion to explain a bit of technical detail that Jesus is using here. In literature, there is foreshadowing, a small hint of something bigger that will come later. For a biblical example, we can see Jesus being separated from Mary and Joseph for three days while he was teaching in the temple to be foreshadowing. All Mary and Joseph knew was that Jesus was gone. As any good parents, they went from worry to panic and in a mad search for Jesus. For three days, they would have been fighting thoughts of, what what if he is dead? Then they find Jesus in the temple and they are relieved of their fears. Many years later, in a much bigger way, Jesus is gone from all of us for three days. The disciples are in a panic. There is no question. He is dead. The only question is, what will we do now? And then came the resurrection. Jesus was restored to them and to us. This is an example of foreshadowing, a tiny hint in the story that is more often than not only recognized when you look back at it, having gotten the part that it gave hint to. The critical element is that the foreshadowing is only a hint. What it predicts must be much larger. In the Bible, there are occasions of foreshadowing, but there is also something else which is similar, but not quite the same. In the Bible, there is what's called type and anti-type. The type is the physical symbol of something to come, and the anti-type that which was predicted by the type. In our passage today, the bread in the wilderness is the type, and Jesus is the anti-type. 
The same rule applies. The antitype, the fulfillment, must be greater than the type, the prediction. Yes, Jesus says you ate bread in the wilderness. It was bread from heaven, but it was only for the physical needs. Your father ate it and lived for the moment, but ultimately they died. That bread was only the type, only the predictor. Now, today, I'm here to tell you that the bread of heaven is he who comes down from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. The antitype, the fulfillment, the greater is here. I am here. Stop getting your mind stuck on what bread was, the lesser type, and expand your mind and let and get your soul stuck on what the bread is. The bread is me. Eat my flesh. Heal your soul. Live forever. Amen.